Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Lori, uh, Larry Sprung. <laughs> welcome, Larry. Hey, thanks for having me, David. Pre- pleasure to be here. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're located and what you do. Yeah. So uh, I am located in New York on Long Island and I am the founder and wealth advisor at Midland Financial, which is a firm that I founded about 18 years ago. Okay. Awesome. So you've been in business for a little while, I guess. A little bit, a little bit. You know, it's always (laughs) interesting, always new things learning, you know, so it's all good. Cool. Yeah. So uh, what made you decide to to go down this route of being an entrepreneur? Um, is it something that you had always thought about in the past? Did you work for other companies? Like, Give me kind of the beginning story. Yeah. So I'm going to steal somebody's uh, word here, and I don't remember who it was to give them credit, but I, I was unemployable. Um, it was just, it wasn't really something that uh, was in my DNA. I think one of the final conversations I had as as an employee was with one of my managers who approached me and said, "Hey, you know, I want you to be more productive. How can you be more productive? You know, how can you drive more revenue for the team?" And you know, I'm a team player by all means, but at the same time, the team, the way I was compensated, the team didn't you know, generate any revenue for me. So I said, you know, I'm really not interested in the team you are because everybody rolls up to you. I said, so if you're asking me how I could be more productive, I said, you know, over the last six months, we've averaged about 20 to 40 hours a month in meetings. I said, I guarantee if you cut those out, I can be significantly more productive. And she looked at me and said, not the answer I wanted. And I, and and that was like a light bulb to me. And I was like, listen, this is my time. And about a year later, uh, I went independent and, uh, and started my own firm. I was always entrepreneurial in nature. And, um, you know, my upbringing really led me to where I am today in financial services, because uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer at a very young age. We, we lost her at the age of 47. And uh, I was not uh, poor, but I wasn't, you know, my family wasn't wealthy either. And I I saw my dad struggle with, you know, balancing everything he had to do, balancing uh, his full-time job, which he was a New York City school teacher. And then he had a a business, an entrepreneurial business on the side as well, and then did some teaching in the evening if he needed to. And I saw him balancing all that, my mom's illness and the doctors, and he didn't have a financial advisor. He didn't have anybody to guide him. He didn't have a financial plan. And I always felt not, you know, not that that would have mitigated any of the 
uh, health issues with my mom, but I always felt if he had an advisor who he could rely on, help guide him and had a plan that it might've made that path a little bit smoother. So when I was looking for a career, it was something that was, uh, you know, in the back of my mind. And as I learned and explored more, it was something I, I thought was great because I can give back a lot to the families that we serve, empower them and help them with those things that I did not have and uh, hopefully put them in a better position to be financially secure in their future. And how rewarding to watch people send their kids to college with your help and kids get married, buy houses, retire. Those are all great things. And I I feel like it's just really meaningful work that I'm a part of. Mm, That's super cool. It's always interesting to me to see how like how how we grew up in our childhood and and our parents shaped like this entrepreneurial journey because pretty much everybody you ask has some version of that whether it's like what you just shared or like my version is yeah I saw my dad working in corporate America not very happy I didn't want to do that or you know it's just it's really interesting and I love how that that kind of shapes where we are and I, I I'm curious what you think I was talking to my wife about this this week this is sort of a side tangent but. Um, this whole idea of like nature versus nurture and how much you think that plays into like becoming an entrepreneur. I, you know, I think it's really a combination of both, right? I, I, I really do. Cause inherently you have to have that nature part where you have to have the personality and you have to have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit ingrained in you. And then you have to have somebody nurture it, you know? And uh, one of the, the, the most memorable conversations I had with my dad was when I was probably a freshman in college and he had this side business where he basically supplied uh, snacks to uh, private label snacks that he basically packaged himself to college bookstores and small grocery stores. And I said to him at the beginning of one summer, I said, Hey dad, I really enjoy selling. I like going out and talking to people. I had a paper route from the time I was 11 years old. Let me sell for you over the summer and build up the business. And he looked at me, he goes, that would be fantastic. He goes, but what happens when you go back to college? And you know, that kind of always got me thinking about that entrepreneurial spirit. So to go back to what your question was, I think it's really a combination of both because I don't think you can inherently learn everything you need to steer you in that direction. I think there has to be something ingrained in you, but at the same time, you also have to have somebody, a mentor or a family member, somebody that you that can guide you and kind of you know, kindle that entrepreneurial spirit that nature has placed in you. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with that. Um, do you have kids? I have two. How old? Uh, one's 16 and one's 19. Okay. I think it applies in the same, exactly the same, right? <laughs> with kids of what you just described. It's a little of both. They, they come out like this and then we kind of give them some sh- shoves and nudges and help shape things. But I'm, they are I'm sponges. also really They're super- watching everything. Yeah, I'm really surprised at like how much personality they come out with. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, how old do you have kids? How old are they? Yeah, mine are only nine and six, and both girls. Okay. So, you well, know. enjoy the ride because it goes extremely, extremely fast. And as fast as you think it goes, it goes 10 times faster than that. Oh, yeah. My dad <laughs> the other day, he was like, Hey, uh, you know, you only have like nine more summers with your oldest at home. And I was like, that's not possible. <laughs> well, that's if you're that's if you're lucky. So my yeah. 16 year old, I was expecting to have several more summers with him, and uh, at the end of last year, he uh, committed to attending 
uh, prep school out in Minnesota, which is quite a okay. number of states away from Long Island. So he attends school from August through May out in Minnesota. So wow. we, you know, he left home earlier than expected, but he's pursuing his dream of being a hockey player and, cool. uh, you know, can't stop him. But, uh, you know, sometimes those, those extracurricular activities will take your kids away from you perhaps a little bit earlier than expected if they yeah. want to pursue them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool that he's pursuing his dreams though. I love it. <clears throat> um, okay. So for you in uh, this, this journey, um, well, let's talk a little bit more first about like the type of advising that you do. Cause I know there's so many different types of financial advisors and helpers. And so give us a little bit more context about like how you love to help people. Yeah. So think of us as a, we're really a fiduciary advisor. So we're not selling products. We don't get compensated to sell products. We get paid for our advice and guidance, and we always have to act as a fiduciary, always in the client's best interest. So we're working with them, you know, whether it be retirement planning, education, funding, um, you know, just really being a resource to them and their family to help solve problems and and avoid pitfalls, really. And uh, that's really what we're there for. And it typically entails at a high level, designing and developing a financial plan for them, a, a roadmap, a game plan, and then helping them execute it over time, whether that's incorporating and looking and reviewing their investments, their insurance, working with their tax professional, working with their estate planning professional, basically making sure all of those items are in order. Everything's working in the best interest of the client and the family that we're serving and working collectively and collaboratively with those other uh, specific resources that they're using and their other advisors. So we're all on the same page and tr truly rowing in the same direction. Cool. Okay. And um, what does it actually say on the wall behind you there? Midland Money Mindset? Is that what that says? Yeah, that's my uh, that's my podcast uh, okay. that we started uh, about a year and a half ago. Cool. So when clients come to see you, what are what are some of the? Because I'm I'm really interested in mindset and how we think. And so, what do you see? Uh, maybe not across the board, but kind of often with people that are coming in and the challenges that they face with their mindset when it comes to thinking about their money. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I think going back to that nature versus nurture, a lot of our, our money uh, memories, our money thoughts and how we think and deal with money today, a lot of that roots to what we've seen and what we saw our families go through. You know, a perfect example is my grandmother, for example, uh, grew up in the Great Depression. She was born uh, like the year of the Great Depression. So she saw a lot of strife, a lot of financial difficulties. And, you know, listen, she could have op opened her bank book or logged online and looked at her bank account and it could have said she had a million dollars. And and, and I sure you had nowhere near that, but if it did, she still would not feel comfortable uh, because she has that mindset of a depression baby, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of that we have to uncover and see what their mindset is initially and help educate and work towards 
a realistic expectation of how things need to look and how things should be done. Um, and that's easier said than done sometimes, but it's very telling to us to know what that mindset begins with. Um, I think a lot of this, you know, a lot of folks have to shift their mindset a little bit. And one of the things that we talk about quite frequently is we as humans, and it doesn't matter what your mindset is, typically do things backwards in terms of you work, you get your paycheck, and then you go pay your rent, your utilities. And then after everything's paid out, if there's something left over, maybe you pay yourself something either by putting money in your retirement account or your emergency savings fund. And that is backwards. Really what we need to do and how we should be handling that whole process is we should be paying ourselves first. Figure out a number. You know, I think the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, which is a fantastic book about finance and, and building wealth, talks about 10% as that kind of number. So if you pay yourself that 10% and put it into vehicles that are going to be helpful to you, whether it be retirement or edu uh, education funding or emergency fund, and then pay your expenses with the remaining 90%, you know, maybe it fits exactly, maybe it doesn't, but we have a tendency as species to also learn to adapt to cutting expenses down to fit that 90%. And that's really where the mindset should be is reversing it, paying ourselves first, because we're the most important things in our own lives, and then worrying about paying all those other providers so that we're taken care of in the short term, medium and long term. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you get, do you get a lot of pushback from that or, re or do you have to like really work with re-educating? I mean, I think inherently everybody I talk to or we talk to as an organization, the families that we serve, it makes complete sense, right? Mm -hmm. you, you tell them like, oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Why haven't I been doing that all along? And then it's just a matter of setting themselves up in a way and trying to automate as much as we possibly can so mm -hmm. that it's happening in that uh, in that vein. So maybe when their direct deposit goes in, they have a side account that that 10% goes into, and then they leave the 90% in their daily checking account to pay their bills, or maybe 5% or 6% is going into their retirement account and 4% is going into that side account, and then they're paying it. So it's just a matter of trying to structure it in a way so that they don't, every time they get paid, they don't have to think about it. It's kind of automatic and happening for them. And those folks that do that and take advantage of what I call the eighth wonder of the world, which is compound interest, you know, those two things combined can really set people up for some significant wealth down the road if they, if they follow it and uh, stay true to it. Mm, yeah. Make it easy. Love it. Okay. So, um, in shifting gears back to like you as an entrepreneur, um, What's something, and, and you've been in it so long now and you have people that work for you and all this, right? So um, what were like a couple of challenges that you faced maybe early on, or also maybe like if COVID was a challenge for you, I'd love to hear kind of, you know, what you went through challenge wise, and then the lesson that you took from that in moving forward. Yeah. So, I mean, there. listen, as an entrepreneur, if you're in business, there's always challenges. It doesn't matter if you're at the beginning or you're 18 years in or 15, it doesn't matter. There's always challenges along the way. You know, going back to mindset, I think it's all about the mindset and how you look at that. You can either get depressed and, and bogged down by it, or you can look at it as an opportunity to learn and improve. And that's kind of been my mindset all along. So I could share a couple of challenges and, and kind of hurdles that I encountered that, um, 
you know, by shifting mindset really was helpful. One of them, um, you know, was social media, for example. Okay. For a very long time, I was adverse to posting a lot and putting a lot of information and, and a lot of personal stuff out there. And I was like, you know, people don't want to know this. People don't want to know I'm on vacation or I'm at this place or I'm at that place. And what I came to realize, and actually it, it was my wife to her credit, she said, people do want to know that. Um, and I started putting stuff out there and at, you know, at her request, and we started putting things out there and she was completely right. I mean, we took a trip to South Africa in 2019 and we had a client who always dreamed of going south to South Africa, but unfortunately had health issues and was never going to make it. So she was waiting every day for me to post my video from yeah. where I was on that day. She lived that trip. Uh, through my eyes. And we've built some great connections through social media. And it's created a situation where we've had a lot of new families inquire about working with us and, and driving business. So I, I think there's, you know, I, I didn't want to be vulnerable, but I think you have to be vulnerable as an entrepreneur. Right. And I think it, it's really helpful. It took me a little bit longer to figure that out than others. Um, but I think that's, you know, that was a challenge that we saw that, um, you know, we overcame. And I think, you know, it was really a change in my mindset to, uh, to get there. Um, you know, thankfully I, I thank my lucky stars every day. We were not really that affected by, uh, by COVID, um, in particular, but there, there's always challenges in business that you have to overcome and prepare for. And I think one of, one of the biggest pieces and best pieces of advice that I've used from the beginning that I would recommend to any and every entrepreneur is, you know, mentors, they're, they're huge. Um, and as an entrepreneur, you should look for a mentor that you can follow trust and, and, um, gain information and knowledge from. And at the same time, you should also be a mentor. And in a lot of cases, I've gotten a lot more from being a mentor and learning from my mentee than, you know, maybe from my mentors, uh, exactly. But I think that's another great thing that we should all, um, be thinking about and looking for. And I will say that, you know, in this day and age with, uh, the internet and everything that's available information wise and following wise out there, you know, you could have somebody that you really look up to, maybe not even ever have an opportunity to speak with them, but you can gain a lot of knowledge from their content, their advice, their guidance. Maybe one day you will meet them. Maybe you could reach out to them, make that happen, but you don't even have to necessarily make that, you know, literal connection um, and, and gain a lot of it, you know, work, workful and, and useful information from them. So I, I think those are two things that are, are very helpful to entrepreneurs. And sometimes we get so bogged down in building the business and doing, doing, doing that we don't take that step back and, and actually learn and educate and, and absorb from others who've been in our shoes before. Mm, yeah. I love it. It's, it's becoming, uh, it's cool. So now I've done quite a few of these interviews this year and seeing like lots of threads of commonality from different people. And this is one that has come up quite a few times is like, quit trying to do everything on your own and go like find somebody that can help you. Um, and are you a fan of Dan Sullivan at all? Who, you yeah, know, yeah. who, who, not how yeah, that was one of his recent yeah. books, right? Find yeah. a, find a who, and don't figure out how, cause you're going to waste too much time figuring out how when you could just connect with a who that can take care of that for you. 
yeah and not only that like you, if you can find somebody like I've, I've gotten to experience this this year where I have, you know, somebody else in a role doing something that's very valuable for my company that I absolutely just don't want to do. <laughs> it's like keeping from the fit to that of having that person who does like that stuff do that for me and then me not doing that, you know, is, is such a gift. And then I think once you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you haven't hired somebody before, like once you do that one time, you'll be like, okay. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I try to, I try to unload anything that I'm not good at. Don't enjoy. That's not in my unique ability. I try to shed that as much as possible and try to live in that unique ability area as much as I possibly can for sure. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So, uh, being a business owner and a family person, family man, how have you, what, what have you found that has helped you to, you know, not just be like an overworked, stressed out entrepreneur? Yeah. So that was something that, uh, was never the case for me. Um, okay. you know, and I, again, you know, going back, I think it rooted in, into my childhood, you know, seeing my mom diagnosed with cancer at a very early age in her thirties, passing at 47, and then I also had the unfortunate uh, situation where about a month before I launched my firm back in 2004, my brother-in-law uh, died by suicide after a, uh, a battle with bipolar disorder. So those two events really shaped a lot of, of me in terms of family first. Um, and family is very important. And I wouldn't become one of those high stressed 100 hour a week, you know, disregarding my family. So um you know, I created a situation that allowed me to spend the time with the family. And quite frankly, this family first kind of mentality is something that is really one of the values we have here, core values at Midland Financial is, you know, our clients and our stakeholders, which are our employees, you know, we're all one family and we preach that. And I think it attracts a lot of clients to us. So a couple of things I did early on when, when my kids were very, very young, even younger than yours, um, couple of things that were done was I moved my office uh, about seven miles from my house. It took me about a year and a half to find a location that I could move it to that I was happy with. So I, I was able to run out of the office if they had something at school and come back, you know, with mm. very little interruption. One of the other things I did is with my kids when they were young is I started taking off Fridays in June. And then the next year I did it in June and July and then June, July and August. And I still have clients today that'll call up on a Friday in the summer and say, oh, I didn't even think you were in today. I was calling for Rose or for Jarrell. I didn't even think you were in the office because they still think I'm, you know, on that same schedule. So, you know, and my boys played competitive hockey growing up and still do. So I go out of the office, I'll be there to, um, you know, watch them play wherever they are. So, you know, it's really just a mentality of kind of, you know, mindset of figuring out, you know, what's important to you. Is it important to do the hundred hours or is it important for the family? So I created a situation and environment that allowed me to, you know, spend the time with the family so that I did not get that, uh, you know, hundred hours stressed out and, and fried and, you know, non-existent when I get home and not present, I wanted to be present for them. I love that. I love that you went into the whole thing with that mindset. And that I think, I think maybe that's the, the pitfall sometimes that 
people might get caught up in is they, they don't necessarily go in with that idea. They go in thinking, I'm going to have to hustle really hard and work these millions of hours to get it to a place where I can back off to that. But maybe, you know, that could potentially be a big backfire because you never, <laughs> you might never go back to that because you've never cr intentionally created that. And then how do you get out of that? So yeah, if you I think mean, about vacation, David, right, you go, you know, if you know you're going on vacation in two weeks, right? It's amazing what you get done in those two weeks and even the week before vacation, right? How much you can get done during that period of time. And the yeah. reason is there's there's no more hours in the day. It's the same number of hours the week before. The difference is you're so laser focused on the stuff you need to do that you're only doing those things that you need to get done before you leave. So now what you have to do is think about that family time as your vacation time and just be laser focused on those hours that you're going to be in the office and take care of those things you need to do, have others assist you and elevate you and, uh, and take care of those other things. And you can really make room for both of those things at the same time very easily. I think. Yeah. Uh, you've heard of the 80, 20 rule. Yes. Yeah. That's just what I was thinking of as you were saying that right there for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, um, what makes you feel fully alive? Waking up and taking a breath. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, listen, what makes me, I, I, I enjoy working with people and helping them succeed and solve problems. We like working with families, you know, and sometimes it's good news. Sometimes it's bad news. But when you know that you're helping a family uh, be better off than they were the day before, that is such an energizing thing. And that's really what I get my energy from on the business side and on the personal side, you know, watching my kids and spending time with my, with my wife are, you know, are my personal fuel. I, I really enjoy when I'm out of the office, I want to spend time with them and, and be with them, whether it be dinner or watching a sport, watching a, a TV or watching a game on, on TV or something like that. You know, I want to be focused on those things. And that's where I get energy from. Um, you know, we had a client that we were on the phone with today that uh, we've been planning with them for a couple of years. They were getting ready to retire this year. And unfortunately, the husband had a stroke in uh, January, February in his, you know, he's only 64. Um, and the reality is, you know, whatever we did planning wise wasn't going to impact his stroke. That was going to happen regardless. But they're in such a good position because we've been guiding them all along that this stroke shouldn't really impact them that much. You know, obviously we would have wished it not to happen. But the good news is because we had this plan in place, we just, you know, are looking at a few adjustments, minor tweaks that we have to make and, and they should be okay. Had we not had a plan for them and we had to start now it would have been virtually impossible because they're extremely concerned with and rightfully so you know getting the help and and the health of the uh the father back in order and getting that on track they would never have time for sitting down and doing a plan right now so the fact that we started this years ago has been extremely helpful and that's what fuels me is knowing that we've been helping this family even though they're going through this trying time at this moment that we've been helpful to them and and for them during this uh this trying time yeah love it that's awesome Okay, great. Well, um, where can people find out more information about you? 
Yeah. So the best way to find me is I'm all over every social media platform. As I told you earlier now, I, you know, because of my wife, just about everywhere I am, Lawrence Sprung, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E Sprung. The only one which was my fault, it was a marketing snafu, uh, is Instagram. I'm Larry Sprung. You know, <laughs> So if you're in business, have all your handles match. I do not, but uh, I was in a marketing major. And then you can always uh, check out our website at Mitlin, M-I-T-L-I-N financial.com. And uh, you could always schedule an is there a fit meeting to see if uh, working with us would make sense. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing your your wisdom and your, your journey along of being an entrepreneur. And um, I just appreciate that you're out there in the world helping people make a difference. So thank you. Same. Thanks for sharing all these uh, great folks that you have on all the knowledge and, and sharing that with the world. I appreciate that as well. Thanks, David. You bet. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.